0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Sales Velocity TV. I'm Andrew. That's Aaron. And we're talking zero resistance selling today. And um, it's kind of like the theme of the show, Aaron. We talk about how to sell more with less resistance. And we're going to share what we consider to be today the three pillars of achieving a zero resistance selling environment, which I think is the holy grail. If you can pull this off in your company, man, selling becomes fun. Communication becomes fun. Running the company becomes fun. But you know what it's not fun, Aaron, when you're always running up against the wall in your sales process and in your conversations and in the way you lead your team, because leading a team is selling too, right? Selling the team on your processes and ideas and on your culture. And if you can't pull that off internally and externally, it really becomes a tough thing to do, right? It becomes a tough business to build.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you you set up your sales process correctly, it actually is quite fun because by the time you're even talking to somebody you know, they're really, really eager to work with you. They're excited about the opportunity. You're excited about what they have because you know that the right person is in front of you. And and it becomes more of a relationship experience than it does a sales experience. And maybe that's, you know, the, the theme of today is, is almost how to convert your sales experience to a relationship experience where it's fun and there's less friction and there's less resistance and, and you can look forward to it on a daily basis.
0: Yeah, I think you nailed it. I think a lot of people get confused. They watch our show, they're like, oh man, I, I'm not good at sales, but they're gonna get in there and teach me how to be like a pushy closer or whatever. But really when you, when you it's 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 almost counterintuitive, right? When you realize that getting good at communicating and having good quality conversations and connecting just makes the sales conversations and sales demonstrations and Zoom sessions and strategy sessions almost fun, right? Like we've talked about before, you don't get attached to the outcome of what happens, whether you get a sale or you don't, because you're just having quality conversations and people see that they realize when, hey, it feels like we're having a quality conversation versus it feels like I'm being pitched or presented to, right? Like, you know, when you're being pitched and you know, when somebody is just so comfortable in their own skin and with their own product that they're just having a conversation with you and the product just tends to be a logical solution,
1: yeah, and really, if you can just if you can break down the process until it be, just becomes a logical solution, yeah. a logical solution for your prospect to buy, and a logical solution for you to work with that prospect, mm-hmm. right? It goes both ways. Then it becomes fun, it becomes easy, it becomes natural, it becomes you know frictionless, less resistance, all the things that we want. However, before we go into this topic today. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's important because this isn't just this is this is our show. This isn't just like hey, let's drop in and like you know spit some knowledge that all of a sudden people. Yeah, we're are not sure. doing a webinar here, right? No, it's not a webinar, right? <laughs> we're two real guys, right? I think it's important to to share you know our wins as much as our losses, and and I don't really believe in in losses. There's a great book called Win or Learn. That's, That's the cool. philosophy. That's
0: a great that, great title.
1: It's a great title, right? It was, it was written by um, Conor McGregor's coach. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, he believes the that. The MMA
0: all, guy, right? The Irish the MMA? MMA guy.
1: yeah. yeah because his, his approach is we, we never lose, even, even though there might be an L, you know, in the score sheet, uh-huh. right? You only win or you lose. And you see this, this particular coach's athletes, when they do lose, and I'll and, and we'll use Conor McGregor as the example, typically they come back and you don't see them repeat the same mistake that caused the the previous loss yeah. and this is this whole stable of people because they, they break everything down. They look at where the friction was, the resistance was, you know, and they train on it and they game plan for it. So it doesn't happen again. Right. But to think that we don't have setbacks or losses just because, you know, we host this show is, is ridiculous. If yeah. you're doing anything worthwhile and you're pushing the envelope in any way, you're going to make mistakes. In fact, you should try to make mistakes as fast as possible. You know, because the the more mistakes you you have, the more data you can gain, and then you can improve your process, right? And what you and I were talking about right before we got on here was when you allow yourself to get out of control in your schedule. Hmm. And I know it's not not relevant to today's topic, but I think it's it's important that we share the, the conversations that you and I also have too, where both of us felt this week, like we let our schedule get way out of control. And and a lot of times when you look at that, you you, know, you start complaining, oh, my God, I'm too busy. I'm too tired. I'm not working out enough. I'm not eating right. I'm not blah, 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 blah. blah. All the things that we've talked about in the show that you need to have to be optimal yep. in your performance. But let's face it, man, sometimes things go crazy. I got vaccinated this week. My daughter had to be rushed to the hospital this week. I was closing on a house this week. <clears throat> got m- multiple businesses to run. My schedule got completely blown out. And, and, it, and what happened is my energy was super low every night. Even my mom got mad at me when I zoomed with her. She said, I look like crap. You know, <laughs> mom, you say, fa- mom, say it like it is, man. You need the truth. To the mom. You know, you, you, you ran into the same thing and it's really, really important when this happens to not blame external factors, right? There's a great book, um, written by the Navy SEALs I think it's called Extreme Responsibility.
0: Extreme Ownership. Extreme Ownership. It was written by, by uh, uh, I forget his first name, Jacko. He was a Marine. Jacko Willing. Yeah. Jacko Willing, right? Big book, by the way. Yeah. It, it really like really, really cool. a mental toughness, which I think ties into selling, right? Is there's a, yeah, there's no a real great mental toughness. And good Lord, America needs that more than anything right now. Yeah. I think <laughs> a mental toughness, just mental toughness. Is, you know what? I just decided, I, I'm sorry to cut you off. The topic of the next show is going to be on mental toughness. So I'm going to right. I'm gonna skip over our normal curriculum and we're going mental toughness because I feel like it's an emergency topic right now. Go ahead. All I'm right. Sorry.
1: Emergency <laughs> topic next week. Yes. How, how to know if you're mentally tough and if not,
0: how to Because how to make- listen, mentally tough. I mean, listen, you can't run a business or run a sales environment or run yourself if you're not mentally tough. Right? You can't do anything- You don't need to be to a tough guy, but you need to be mentally tough And Yeah, way, you can't right? do
1: anything worthwhile if you're not mentally right. tough. But, but go go ahead. my point you is- You were talking, yeah. You got to take a step back when you find yourself, go off the rails really in anything and just be, take a step out of your own skin and look at yourself as if you were a client and just observe what's going on and then put it back on track, right? So, you know, for me next week, I made the decision that I'm cutting my calls down in half, Mm -hmm. even if they're like the greatest opportunities or the biggest 911s or blah, 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 blah. I'm, I'm booking out. The, basically the, the second half of my day all next week will be completely blocked out just so I can be centered, focused, work on the business, not in the business, hundred percent. And it was funny because I literally said that to you and, and you just, w- and what did you say to me right after that? what did you it's say? It's funny you, you
0: said that I said, because I've been making major subtle adjustments throughout the weeks myself to, and this is really important for all of you watching, whether you're in sales or whether you're running a company, is I'm trying to structure my week now where I have at least a day or two per week where I'm not in reactive mode, meaning I'm not doing calls. I'm not on private consulting sessions, which I do probably 30 a week. So that's, you know, like if you take a 50-hour week and you take 30 of them and they're they're like on Zoom or, or doing coaching and consulting, that, that takes up a lot of time, right? Which is fine. And it will drain you. It, it takes up a lot of time. I love doing it and I'm really good at delivering results. So I like it. However, like you said, and this is important for everybody watching or listening is if you get, if you stay too much in that zone, you can't keep creating and growing and scaling the business by maybe adding new funnels, adding new sales processes, training team members, hiring. Like there's a, there's an element of, like you said, working on the business that has to be planned for and then working in the business that has to be planned for. But if you're only doing one all week long, like I think we've gotten stuck in a little bit. Then what happens is the business starts to get—it's almost like a seesaw, right? You start to just end up one way or the other way, but not balanced in the middle. Which means the company you could technically just stall out. You might have all this activity, but you could stall out because there's you're not you're not you're not putting more bricks on, right? Building new offers. Right. The building company new, could stall out, or you could burn out. One of the two.
1: Right. And, 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 you know, we, we talk about, you know, um, your friend, Russell Brunson, sometimes I, I know through the grapevine when he was building click funnels, he got to a point where he was like, I don't even want to do this anymore. I'm working 17 hours a day. It's fire, 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 fire. And, and he had to make a decision to put people in play yep, so that, that he could do what, what inspired and motivated him, which is really just bounce from place to place, project to project, sprinkle his magic dust on it and move it forward. Well,
0: what it did was that I listened to his podcast. It's amazing. Right. Every week. And it's it's he allowed himself like he, he basically made some decisions that allowed him to, to go back into being the CEO, which means with you're the CEO, you're the head coach. Essentially, you have layers of people under you. So you've leveraged yourself well, you've delegated well, if you are doing it all yourself and you're getting pulled in too many directions, then we know it's a delegation issue, perhaps a staffing issue. Right. And you're getting you're getting pulled, right? You're getting pulled into reactive mode. And that was what he, again, sometimes we don't see it. That was, you and I were talking about this earlier. If you're blind to this stuff, you could go unconscious to this for years and just literally run out of gas and be like, what was I doing? Right? Because you sometimes, I think that's why coaching and consulting is so important because it's a second set of eyes that can say, are you seeing this? Because this. Not is sustainable. A meltdown over here and you're missing it, right?
1: Yeah, it's, it, it's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. And and I could feel it midweek this week. I went. You know what? I've still got a whole bunch of things on my schedule this week, but this, this pace, this, the, these, these duties that I'm constantly that having duties. to attend to are not sustainable and they're not productive at the highest level. When I look at, you know, what is my time worth on an, an hourly basis? Yeah. I looked at probably half of the things that were in there and went, that is not, uh, you know, worth what I make on an hourly basis or, or worth what I want to make on an hourly basis moving forward. So that all has to be changed next week. And and you, and you everybody runs into this, and it's why I wanted to, to bring it up. It, it, it's not like you can avoid it. It's about being conscious of when it happens mm-hmm. and taking a step back and realizing nothing, you don't have to do anything, right? You're making a choice on where you want to spend your time. So take a step back and ask yourself, is this the best use of my time? Am I feeling fulfilled? Am I excited? Am I wanting to show up every day? That what has to change to go from where I'm at today to where that, that place is? And don't get me wrong. When you're just starting out and you're wearing all nine hats, we've all been there. Yeah, we get There's it. no days off. There's no breaks. I get it. You just can't stay there forever. You can't yeah, that's stay That's the key. There. That's it. And there's softwares. There's, there's virtual assistants. There's, there's,
0: there's more, Listen, there's more today than ever. Of ways to get help at reasonable cost. And, where and, where Aaron, we know twenty years ago, you had to go hire a W-2 employee to get any kind of real assistance. And that is no longer the case.
1: No, and, and to be honest with you, every time I think I need to build something or I need to 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 create something or hire you know, somebody's already doing it better than me somewhere else. More efficient, less cost, you know. It's about doing a little bit of research to say, I don't want to do that thing anymore. That thing is eating up a ton of my time. Mm -hmm. Just takes a little bit of Google, a little bit of research, a little bit of networking, and you'll find somebody's doing that thing better than you, cheaper than you, faster than you. No doubt. That you could be offloading that and say, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm going to focus on what moves the needle and, and inspires and makes me happy.
0: And listen, technology, I think more so in 2021 than ever before, Due to the pandemic, which pushed everybody online, we found so much with technology that could be done that doesn't necessarily need to be done via grunt work that now more than ever, you can run a pretty powerful organization without having physical employees that need to be hired, trained, fired, hired, trained. I mean, that's just just the thought of that process. I have, I have some clients that have companies of... 30 and 40 people. I have others that have, like our company, we have employees all over the world that work in a 1099 in virtual environment and you're not seeing much dip in productivity. You're not seeing much dip in production because if you understand how to run systems and how to run people from afar and with technology today you can, I mean, the sky's the limit. There's no, there's no barriers anymore. It's kind of like, the, well, it reminds me of the publishing world when Amazon hit. Like it used to be like, I want to publish a book. I need to go find this big publishing company, drop a 50K retainer, get the book printed and publish and get it into like the hands of the media. And then Amazon came along and all of a sudden you could be an author in a weekend. You yeah. we could publish to their Kindle platform and be a, a legitimate author with a paperback or a hardcover book that ships out via Amazon in a weekend. And, and, and we all know as humans, the credibility we give to authors, people who write on their subject, it just tends to be something that we think... It's just a huge authority figure for yeah, anybody. and
1: and the thing that I've really like learned over the last two years is that you know historically when 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 you when you wanted to get some things off your plate, you hired somebody in like a specific traditional job role,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? And that job role was supposed to be able to cover all these things. Yeah, and I really feel like it's morphed where now there's like. They're, they're skill-specific people and companies that aren't – they don't fall into a job role anymore where you can just look at something that you're doing. We'll take – like, like let's look at the example of um, the company that you were looking at this week. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head where as soon as a customer signs up now and, and an email goes out to them and, a, and an SMS goes out to them and welcomes them, it encourages them to respond and they will literally communicate with that person 16 hours a day with the sole goal of booking them to a Zoom appointment.
0: So excited about it.
1: Right, and and you might be looking at your business saying, man, I wish I had a a, 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 junior, a junior salesperson who could do this for me and blah, blah, blah. These people have an entire team that are gonna do it for us at a fraction of the price, turnkey, they're pros at doing this one
0: there you specific go. thing. There you right,
1: go. so we can put that one specific brick into the foundation versus saying, "Oh, we got to hire a junior, you know, salesperson. We got to teach them communications, and we got to teach them tech, and we got to teach them this. We to no, no, no. That thing can be taken care of by that software or that that group or that company. Exactly. And and and, and that's that's really where we're moving now as as a as an economy. And I was thinking about this while I was running this morning, Andrew. And I know this this whole show has gotten completely off track,
0: but I'm almost thinking about changing the topic here. As we're 20 minutes <laughs> in. <laughs> I, don't, I don't Listen, over- we're gonna get to the zero resistance pillars in a minute. I promise. Yeah,
1: and and, and I don't care because it's our show. But <laughs> the 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 reality is is like I was there jogging, is a point. I, I was jogging this morning. Yeah. And I was thinking to myself about my kids and their future. yeah, Right. And and I was thinking about like we you know they're, they're talking about going to college and this and that and whatever you know. Forty years ago, if you had a degree. Yep. It was amazing. Right. If you had a master's, oh my God, like you were on another planet, right? If you had a doctorate, oh my God, it was like roll out the, the red carpet for this human being. I have no, I went to university, I dropped out. I got bored, I wanted to go be entrepreneurial. I don't have any letters behind my name, but you know what I can do? I can make stuff happen. I can make sales happen, traffic happen,
0: revenue happen. I can make rain. I Rainmaker. Am, I, am. I was just gonna say the name under your name it says Rainmaker. <laughs> I'm <Like, laughs> your business in, card, Aaron Parkinson, I, Rainmaker. I just instantly move the needle. That's what people
1: want now. They don't want somebody with this like huge education and letters behind their name. They want somebody that can directly impact something in their business. They can they understand it. They know it inside and out, and they can move the needle quickly. The whole concept of like job roles and education and letters behind your name is becoming less and less and less and Relevant. less impressive, Relevant. important.
0: I don't, I don't even want it. Relevant. If you man. have it, I'm like Think great. Think about the relevancy of it. I mean, it's a yeah, it's becoming irrelevant. It means nothing to me. Which you know, and disturbingly, when you look across, I mean, if you ran the numbers on the unemployment situation in – in, in the United States, let's say. Yeah. You'd be shocked at how many highly educated people are making extremely low incomes in undesirable jobs because they haven't wrapped their head around the shift that has taken place over the last few years, maybe over the last decade or so, which is you're not only going to be valuable with degrees and extra education. You're going to need to bring a lot more to the table. You're going to need, need to bring leadership skills, communication skills, persuasion skills, um, what can you
1: own and what can you impact? That's all I want to know. Yeah. What can, like I have a team of fifty in, in 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 my company, and and I don't hire based on education, degree, any of that stuff. I, I I hire based on real world skills and what you can own and what you can impact immediately in my business. And I kind of feel like over the the last you know couple decades that shift has really happened. I feel like the education system is really at fault because I don't think they've caught up. There's to no what question, is it's an archaic system, wants. there's no doubt about it. Right, so, they're, so so people are getting sold this like, hey, if I go here and I get this degree, then I'm gonna be a perfect fit for this company. You know what, you come out of pretty much any degree and, and come into my company without education in my field, I'm like, oh my God, this is gonna be like a seven month process just to get this person to like a basic level. Yep. Right. I'm hiring based on skills, not based on education. Right. And so, you know, it it, 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 I'm thinking about my kids moving forward. I'm having a lot of conversations with them right now about like, what can you master that can impact a business, a transaction, you know, because that's, all I care about right now. Yep. Right. And we're Great. talking about sales, right? Like we just hired a sales guy this week. The guy's like, throw me in coach. I'm ready to go sell some stuff. Speaking of selling. Boom. (laughs) If that guy goes in and and sells $20,000 worth of stuff in his first month or whatever that number would be, I could care less
0: what his education is. Not even a little bit. Speaking of selling, let's talk zero resistance selling. Now that we have essentially ranted on, (laughs) on, but a good rant how to put yourself in a position to work on the business, not always in the business. I think that's the takeaway, right? Is some of the, some of the things you're going to need to become aware of to be hyper productive, in selling, in leadership, in communication, in running an organization, right? So we have these three pillars today, which I think are going to be very helpful. And it's kind of like a message market match thing, where if you get this right in how you structure the sales division of your company, again, less resistance happens big time. So Let's talk about these three pillars. First one is, and the key word, the key takeaway today is clarity, right? So the key here is when you have clarity on what it is that you sell, like what your solution is, and you are passionate about it, educated about it, enthusiastic about it, that is number one. And very shockingly- And you have the product. And you have the product to do
1: what you think it's supposed to do. Like you've got a kick-ass product that solves the problem,
0: the pain point, the whatever that you want to solve. Yep. Yep. Right. There you go. So clari- clarity in solution is key. Some people are fuzzy about this. They're like, yeah, you know, our product's good. We kind of can solve a need, but we kind of can't. Right. It's just like, right.
1: Yeah. It, it, you see it all the time and,
0: and I'll give you, I'll give you an example from
1: like my world. Right. Because people are like, well, what do you mean? Right. Yep. So, I'm the CEO of, of an agency, in addition to being your partner at Pipeline Point Pro, yep. right? And we serve digital marketers who are spending at least $1,000 per day on paid media that want to scale to five to $10,000 per day using a multi-channel direct response approach, right? What that means is I do not serve everybody. You cannot rock up and be like, I have an idea, I have a, you know, I have a small donut shop, you know, in Wisconsin. And, you know, I'm looking to get online. There's a bunch of people that that's what they do. They serve small retail businesses, maybe get them listed on Google, maybe, you know, maybe a little bit of local Facebook ads or whatever. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's just not what I do. I serve people who are spending a lot of money that are getting stuck at a certain threshold and they wanna scale into that seven figure per month revenue range, right? So that means I'm super, super clear on the type of person I'm talking to, where they're at in their journey, what challenges they've probably come across, you know, them being in the business too much and, and wanting to work on the business, but they're stuck in the marketing all the time, they're trying to bring in a marketing team. Like, I know all of the pain points of that person. Right, And on the flip side, and this was something that we experienced this week, is when I allow myself to make an exception and take somebody smaller too early in their process, maybe they're spending 50 bucks a day or something along that line, and they are exponentially more work for me and my team because I have to almost build their whole business from scratch. They need... More work, more resources, more assets. And they're paying less Less money because they can't afford it. And you violated your policy. And I violated my policy of who I serve. Right. And we were going through it this week in our meetings. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I violated our own. I have too many of the I've let too many of these people in the door. That will that will go back. Take extreme responsibility. That stops immediately. We're not doing that anymore. That's it. Right. We go back to what. Our specialty is what pain point we solve, who we serve, and who we want to serve. Which is number two, get- by the way,
0: right? Number two being knowing who you serve. We said number one was knowing what your solution is clear as day, rock solid. Clear as day. Number two, which I think you dovetailed into without us telling I did. You know, I too, did by accident. Was the person, like the, like when you are absolute clear on who your audience is, that makes the messaging and the marketing really – it's like a – it's called a message to market match. Right? Yeah, you got to know what you you're can really match did. up a great message with an audience when you're clear on who the audience is and obviously a number one when you know your solution in and out. And again, right. it, this sounds like 101. It's shocking how often we see this not being the case, right? We put our consulting clients to this all the time and we're like, you know,
1: what is your superpower? What pain point do you solve, you know? How are you going to impact people differently than your competitors? Blah, blah, blah. And and they're very vague and confused about what makes them stand out, what makes them special in the marketplace. And that's where you just get chewed up, right?
0: Yeah. yeah, but, yeah. The, the, and that's the, it. the vagueness, know, the ambiguity. It's yeah, like, it's a disconnect.
1: It's a disconnect. You have to know what your superpower is. That's, you know, number one. Then you have to know, who you serve, right? Your audience yep. in the, and, and, and I think, you know, you were talking about it earlier, it's, it's known as message to market match. Right. Right. But a lot of people kind of lump them together, right? First you have to know <laughs> what you, what, what you do, what makes you unique, what your supervisor Then okay. you have to focus and zone in a hundred percent on those people. Unlike what I did over the last week, which then derailed some things. I let the wrong person in the door. Right. So you gotta know 100% who that audience is so that all of the communications, your pricing, your value, your follow-up, your execution is in perfect synchronicity. It's almost like it's in harmony, right? It's in harmony, it's in perfect harmony. And you'll find that if you start to to go off in one way or the other on either what you offer or who you're marketing to, you'll find that breakdowns start to happen really, really fast in the sales process, yeah. you know, and, and, and it can cause a lot of disruption in your it business. Is
0: even just in the sales process, then it starts to, it starts to fall into the organizational process, right? When it does. We, when these things break down, of course, we're talking sales and marketing primarily in the show, but these things can leak into the organization, right? This looseness can cause leakage. And I think that's a, that's a, that's a, a, a terrible place to be. We've all been there. The yeah. Is, and and the key here's the not thing. not staying there
1: if you want to serve other people or you want to serve a, a new product, that's not part of your market to message match, it's fine, but you almost have to create an entirely new division of your company because it's it's almost like a different business. Mm-hmm. You can't mingle the businesses together. It, it, it throws everything completely out of whack.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Yep. And so assuming you know exactly what your superpower is, exactly what problem you can solve, exactly where your value is in the marketplace, and you know exactly who that ideal avatar is in the middle. That then brings the third part into play, which again, we see all the time. Most businesses don't have like 10% of what they need in this third part. And you can, you can talk about the third part.
0: Part three, be, part three being having a solid, reliable system. For presenting what you do, following up on what you do, and getting closed on what you do. Software, tech, CRM, right? A system, scripts, scripts follow ups, like emails, text. Just rock solid process. Right? On now Organization. Delivering that message and getting a decision. And still, shockingly, very few business owners can say, yes, absolutely, I have a reliable, Consistent system for delivering my message, delivering my solution, and getting getting an answer. Very few yeah, do. They're kind I, of all over the place. I, I see a lot of scatter still.
1: Yeah, and the system is 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 broken down into really like six parts, right? Yeah. How do you, how do you get your message to market? Mm-hmm. You know, specifically, what channel of marketing do you do? Do, you do do you do home shows? Do you do flyers? Do you do influencers, ambassador programs? Do you do paid media? If so, what channels? Do you do you know television, radio, direct mail, whatever, yep. right? Yep. Like how do how do you get your market to message and then what or, or message to market and then once you do, how do you bring them into your ecosystem?
0: Yeah,
1: right. How do you educate them? How do you follow up with them? How do you bring them to a decision making point?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right, and then beyond that, how do you manage? your data that you've acquired, right? Like you and I were showing our new our new sales guy, hey, when somebody comes in, there's eight different stages. There's eight different products they could buy, right? When they make a decision, we can move them from here to here and from here to here and from here to here and we can see every conversation, we can see every email, we can with, see every phone. With two
0: clicks of the mouse.
1: With two clicks of the mouse, we can see what they bought, what they haven't bought, you know, what type of business they have. How are you managing your data to make it super, super easy to see who is this customer? What do they want? Where can we help them?
0: And where are they right? at in the process, which is key
1: to get yeah. a decision. Absolutely. Because if you have, you know, no clue where your customer is in their buyer journey, then it makes, it creates a lot of resistance and friction in how you market to them, how you converse with them,
0: Yep. Exactly.
1: right? If, if the person has been on your list for six months and they've never engaged with everybody and they've never bought a thing and they've you know, they, – they, they're, they're really just a, a, a dead contact at that point,
0: calling them up and saying, hey, do you want to buy an XYZ is probably not going to go very well. Not going to go very well. There's nope. where the resistance comes in, right? That's where the resistance comes in. It's like I in. haven't heard from you. We, we, we said we were going to do this. You never followed up. Um Weren't we supposed to talk, right? Like just stuff's in the limbo. Who are you? Who are you? What are we talking about again? Right. All of that is is looseness in your process. It's neglect in most cases, right? So if you neglect these big three right here, neglect on clarity and solution, neglect on who I serve, neglect on having a system to present, follow up and close, neglect, neglect. Jim Rohn taught me this. It must have... It must be buried in my DNA, Aaron. Listening to Jim Rohn for so many years before he passed away as a young entrepreneur growing up is, he said, nothing could, can be more of a cancer in your life, not even your business, in your life, than neglect. Neglect the books, he said. Neglect the financial planning. Neglect your health. Neglect the accounting in your business. Neglect the marketing. Neglect, the, neglect, neglect, neglect. I'm like, wow, that one word can change your life. So many neglect so much. But if you neglect... This stuff, you won't sell anything. You won't be in business and you won't be able to build a company and do good because neglect is a cancer that just eats away at every aspect of your life. It's very powerful.
1: You're 100% correct. And you know it's even something as simple as when you lose a customer, right? Having a process in place to find out why. Yeah. Right? I mean, every client that decides to no longer do business with me, I find out, exactly why. I have a team meeting. I debrief it. I ask the team what we could put in place today to eradicate that particular issue from ever happening again. And now I'm never chasing backwards. I'm chasing forwards. Because in theory, if I isolate the issue, figure out how to put something in place to never let it happen again and move forward, then that's not gonna repeat itself. It's okay to make mistakes. It's idiotic to make them over and over and over again. Exactly. Right, so it's about looking at, at these three pillars, right? What you offer, who you offer it to, and what your process likes to not looks like to not only bring them in, but to keep them in, keep them happy, and if they leave, maybe even finding out why they left and improving your processes so it doesn't happen again. Right, it, it it's it's structure, it's process. Those things will set you free in your business and remember, stop. you. Do you remember
0: this this show that used to be on CNBC? I talk a lot about Shark Tank on here. I love Shark Tank. CNBC puts that's my favorite channel. They put on you know, great financial news. It's not the drama news that we're used to. It's actual economic news. Real and, news. Yeah, like interviews with CEOs. Who's going public? You know, housing numbers, stock market stuff. I mean, it, commodities digital currency. Like it's the stuff you really, it's financial literacy. It's one of those things that I don't like to neglect. I like to be plugged into what's going on in the world of finance and business. Right. But the point I'm trying to make is, um, what was the point I was trying to make? I don't know. (laughs) I was excited, (laughs) man. I was going somewhere with this, but I just got trailed off into the whole financial literacy thing. You know what it Um, is? You know what what it is?
1: There's too many meetings this week,
0: you know, yeah, that was that was uh, the overwhelm just hit me. I just had a I just had a senior. Is that called a senior moment? That I oh, see? whoa, 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 whoa! That's, that's, that's not, But is it just a moment?
1: It's just a moment. It's, it's just. But moment you know what we or... call that flashback humor? Because yeah. we talked about this at the beginning of the show. How it just too much, ran the energy down this week. Blah blah blah. Too much and,
0: information, right? In your in, in my head. Too much information. Too much information, right? I know what it was. Sorry, got it. See, I knew it would come back. Yeah. So the show the prophet, right? Did you, you the remember profit. the shell of the profit? It's not on anymore, but it was on for a couple of years. This guy, Marcus Labonis, I think his name was. Yeah, I was going to say. Guy. So he would go into companies and he, he kind of had like his three pillar system. It was pretty cool. He would go into analyze companies. He'd watch the operations, get to know the people, look at the product. He'd really spend like a week with a company to determine if you wanted to invest in the company and, and help them. They, they're all companies that were struggling and needed help. And he had three things that he would look at people process and product. People, process, and product. What kind of people are they here? Are they good people? Quality people? Do they do they, you know, are they sharp? Are they are they trustworthy? Are they reliable? People. Process number three for us. Did they have a process in place that, you know, was promising? Maybe there was some breakage, but he could come in and he felt like there was something I could build on, right? And yeah, then, it was consistent. It was yeah. duplicatable,
1: it was scalable.
0: And then the product. Did they have something that is and this is a Shark Tank thing, right? Like it's all about for them. Like, does the product resonate with me? Can I get yeah. behind it? And if I can get behind it, I can build the systems and put the right people in place. And it was really, it's such a simple thing, right? When you work in like a three pillar environment like he did, we're talking zero resistance selling today. And there's really three things. This message to market matches three things that if you get right, it just, it just, it just eliminates overwhelm and creates a lot of productivity and efficiency. And he was really good at going in there and identifying those three things. And that's something that you can do as well, right? Is, is where are you with these three things that we're talking about today in zero resistance selling, do I have a clarity game plan on the first two? And do I have a system for the third one to make it all work? And if you're answering no right now, like you said a second ago, that's a mistake and it's okay. It's just not okay to stay there.
1: No, it's not. And and you know, for us, you know, when we when we look at clients and, and I'll take an example like e commerce specifically. Yeah. Right? E commerce is only about twenty percent of of my portfolio. I'd say probably eighty percent of it is service and info marketing. Mm-hmm. Right, people will come to me and say, "I've got a product. Can you help me scale it? You know, to five to ten thousand dollars a day in ad spend." And the majority of the you're not sure yet, right? No, and the majority yeah. of the e-commerce clients that come to me, I say no, because we've broken them down into two categories. You've got a brand product,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and then what we call a holy shit product. Mm-hmm. Okay, a brand product takes story and time and networking and emotional attachment and a lot of stuff has to happen Mm -hmm. to make your skin cream somehow look better than that skin cream, to make your vitamin somehow look better than that vitamin because they're all the same. They're all the same, right? So you've got to build a brand around that to get people emotionally attached to it. And most people don't have the time, patience or money to properly build a brand. So we just don't take them on.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's, we only take on products in the e-commerce space <clears throat> that when we see them, somebody says, here's my product. And they put a video up. I go, holy shit. I want that.
0: That's like, it, again, it's, it's so instructive to our shark tank because these are really intuitive entrepreneurs and business owners who've seen a lot and they're really good at gauging what could have traction and what couldn't. And it, 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 It absolutely has to start with the product, right? I don't ever want to come across in the show as like you can outsell your product. You really can't. You can a little bit. You can a little bit. You can move the needle a little bit. But you got, and this is number one, right? you got to be really passionate and clear on what it is that you offer as a solution. And when you do, it's like, Everything else gets easier because you just love what you offer and you love how many people it's helping. I mean, we and you're proud we, of it. And you're proud of it. Our 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 show is sponsored by Pipeline Pro, which is the CRM and the software platform, the sales tracking platform that we own. And every single day, dozens of people a day. I this is the kind of all-in-one ecosystem that I've been looking for to run my sales environment, run my business, run my follow-up for years. I've seen them all, I've done the demos. And, and even know and this I thing exists, thank you enough for putting something like this together. And listen, we're very fortunate to have an unbelievable development team that put this platform together. But isn't it a nice thing to hear that all the time? Like the amount of complaints I hear, Aaron, in our community, and our environment, and with our software, it's like, you get like a complaint a month. It's like crickets. It's a beautiful yep. place to be, but you gotta really have something amazing that solves a problem that you are super passionate about and everything else follows. I'm not a big believer, Aaron. I think you agree. And just follow your passion and the money will follow. That's half right. It's Mm. not 100% right. There's some truth to that, right? If you you really nail a solution and you're passionate about it on top of that, the money will tend to follow because you got a double whammy there. You got economics behind the product, which is important. Interest in economics. And you have passion to go the distance. I I don't believe... What's being pitched a lot today is... Just follow your passion and the money will follow. But a lot of times it's missing economics and it's missing the traction piece. And that's the disconnect I, I, that I see I a lot. I don't believe in follow your passion on its own. That's what I mean. It's a piece right? of the puzzle. Follow your passion on your own
1: leads to a lot of broke artists. Exactly. Right? That's my point. Solve a problem.
0: Solve a problem.
1: That's what you want to be doing.
0: And Get passionate about the problem that you solved and you're in a different ballgame now. Right. And if it could be even like, I'm I'm
1: super passionate about this industry or this whatever, I'm going to then go solve a problem Mm -hmm. in that industry I'm passionate about. Now,
0: there you go. There you go. There you go. It's never like it looks like on the surface in life. Almost everything is not what it appears at first, but an element of it. Right? Right. And, and I mean, we're talking about entrepreneurialism right now. Like if yeah. you're talking about, I
1: want to be a doctor, I want to be an engineer, I want to be a a chiropractor, I want to be a, you know, something like, dude, if that's your passion, go do that because that's a completely different topic. Right. But we're right. talking about entrepreneurialism. We're talking about business right?
0: ownership. We're talking about a profit oriented business, not a charity. We're talking about making a living for yourself and your family and delivering value. That's a big difference. Yeah, Absolutely. All right, I'm excited about next week's show. Yes, we have um, mental so toughness. We have. We're gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna put the curriculum aside next week, and we're gonna have a show. America needs a little mental toughness. Um, I don't know if that's the well. You know, let's go. I think Canada does too. Let's because you're. A Canadian. I, I was going to say. I think. Can we I call think, it a North American problem, again. Aaron? Is it a North American issue? Can we say? I that? think it's. I think it's a worldwide issue. I can't, I, think every, I don't know if it is. I don't know if it is. I. I. I, I speak to. I speak to people in multiple different countries, and that they're. America is. I can only speak for America is becoming laughable how sensitive we are now and how everything is offensive and how everything is political and how everything is racism and how everything is COVID. It's like every little thing is a meltdown. So yep, I we, would need, agree with that. we need to, and, and, and again, I don't know about Canada, but we'll call it a North American crisis that we're in right now. And it is a mental toughness Listen, Canada, all of Canada is just like a giant version of California. So, oh, okay. So then Jesus, well, California is now Venezuela. So I guess we got Venezuela <laughs> wrapping the whole. I'm, I'm Canada is I'm, California. I'm California. California's kidding. Is Venezuela. I'm, kidding. I'm totally kidding. Um, California's be- beautiful. <laughs> uh, sort place. Of. It's a beautiful place to not live. It's a beautiful <laughs> place. I tell you, but no, let's, let's do that. We're going to have a, a great conversation next week on mental toughness because again, it ties into selling. It ties into business, ties into entrepreneurship, ties into life. And the disclaimer I want to make now before we get into this really fun topic next week, mental toughness, is it's not about being a tough guy or a tough girl. It's about being mentally tough so that, so that you can persevere, so that you can go the distance, and so that you don't have to get derailed at every turn because everything offends you or everything causes a meltdown, right? Because that's kind of what's happening quite a bit today. And we don't want to see it happen in business because if it happens in business, you could lose your company over something like that, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So we'll wrap it there. That's Aaron. This is Andrew. Hope you enjoyed this one on zero resistance selling today. Took us a while to get to the topic. Had to vent a little bit on productivity, but I hope that was productive in the beginning, the productivity and the work on your business, not in your business piece, because sometimes those fundamentals need to be revisited. And I hope that that was valuable to you. If you love the show, leave a comment on our, on our, uh, on Apple, on Google, on Stitcher, on Spotify, and If you want to watch any past episodes of the show, live or by radio version, it's salesvelocitytv.com. We'll see you in the next episode. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Sales Velocity TV is powered by Pipeline Pro, the ultimate all-in-one sales pipeline management and marketing automation platform that makes all others obsolete. And we can prove it. Take a tour at gopipelinepro.com. See you on the next episode.